Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Good morning, everybody watching on our NBC Sports YouTube channel. This is Bet the Edge. It's Monday, August 15th. Drew survived. He's back from Vegas. But... Coming up on today's show, if you're watching, we have a double dip on guest named Tim, starting with legendary American goalkeeper and current Premier League analyst, Tim Howard. He's going to touch on the Premier League thus far and preview the World Cup with us. We'll put him in the net. He'll answer some questions. He'll defend his title here. And then VEASAN's own Tim Murray coming on the show, handicapping Big Ten, Big 12, and ACC, talking Heisman Trophy. Football in football today, Drew. Uh, as always, we'll have our edge of the day. I got a bonus play because it's Monday, and all yes. that's powered by points bet. Drew, how was the weekend, man? You're back. You're looking a little tan. You got some sun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. What happened? Bets win? Su- oh, yeah. Super, super fun weekend. Preseason betting week one was about as good as I ever could have hoped. I had bet two close call. <laughs> yeah, bet the over. Go to bed. Uh, no, I had two close call losers with the Colts and the, and, uh, the Commanders. Uh, otherwise, it was an absolute uh, slaughtering. Uh, you know, just everything that I was looking for came home. Got lucky on a couple spots. I'll acknowledge that. But um, it's fun having football back in our lives. But even more so, um, there's actual competitive, you know, Premier League on right. And uh, th- some of those matches over the weekend were absolutely incredible as well. So um, it was a lot of fun watching sports. And, and as always, our hosts out there were incredibly hospitable. Uh, you know, it's it's always eye opening, like how cool the experience can be uh you know when you uh when you head out to the desert and you know they really uh, roll out the red carpet so um it was a super fun weekend and uh, but happy to be home i got three weeks to get out there drew so uh, my deadline's closing and i can't wait but shame on you man for betting against the bills in the preseason <laughs> they're the new ravens man talk about winners nine straight wins in the preseason for the bills they're trying to catch the ravens 21 game winning streak um i also want to note Stellar quarterback play, man. The Falcons, the Titans, and the Steelers. All the rookie QBs looking good. And Jalen Hurts also. Another notable quarterback. Six for six, 80-yard touchdown drive on his opening drive. What do you think about the winners of the preseason in my mind? Well, I think you brought up the, the kind of the key thoughts, which were the young players who came into this league all look ready to contribute right away. And as fans, that's good for us because I think we can expect the product broadly to be pretty outstanding this year. And this is coming off of now two seasons where you've had COVID interruptions on preparation and practice and, uh, you know, and even the college game itself being completely, uh, you know, neutered a couple of seasons there. Um, You know, it's, it's great that now we 
you know, we are, we are kind of back to normal for, you know, so to speak. And then all of these young players are willing to, uh, or are capable of making an impact right away. Uh, that Bill's Colts game was unbelievable. They went, I think I saw, uh, what, six fourth downs attempted basically. And it was like, what's going on here? Like this is, these guys really care. Uh, and then just in general, as you brought it up, like the overs were the play and really like offensive efficiency, uh, usually this time of season or, you know, this part of the preseason defenses are ahead of offenses, but, um, the efficiency was off the charts. A lot of these uh, teams looking really, really quite good. So I don't think you can make any major takeaways from what we saw other than kind of really evaluating some of the depth issues on a couple of teams like the Jaguars backups on defense were pretty poor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Jets similarly, like there, there was a couple of red flags, I thought, that you saw in general about, uh, you know, second units being uh, a little porous. But uh, yeah, Eagles first team offense, they were standouts. Uh, Hertz was electric and really just looks looks to have uh, kind of a mastery of what they're trying to do. Um, but other than that, I, I think you have to kind of throw a little bit of cold water if you want to jump to any conclusions from what you saw in week one. Yeah, I agree. A couple guys worth noting that were losers in my mind. Deshaun Watson, one of five for seven yards. Mm. Cleveland did cover the first half, though, with a pick six at the very end. That was electric. Uh, Zach Wilson was injured, so Joe Flacco will be the quarterback. And then Kyler Murray called eight plays on three drives in the fourth quarter of a preseason <laughs> game. He totaled three yards. All right. Just as a reminder, if you guys don't have the NBC Sports Printer app powered by points bet, go download it now. The contests are free, easy to play, and you have shot at a win thousands of dollars by predicting what's going to happen in Major League be- Baseball, PGA Tour, NASCAR Circuit, and Premier League, as we are talking, going to talk about now. Tuesday, Thursday is Battle of Bets. Agree or disagree with us. Experts collect some cash. I'll be on today, probably be on tomorrow as well because his winning streak will continue. But uh, I won't be picking any Premier League picks, though, unless Tim Howard gives us something good. So let's bring him in. Talk some PL, some World Cup. Tim, we're really excited to have you here. Big fans of your career, big fans. Yep of you uh, also as an analyst role now. So big surprises to the first two weeks of the season. What do you got for us? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, well, Premier League is back, man. It's been, uh, it's been an interesting one. Uh, everyone, you know, before they kick a ball in August, everyone's excited. Everyone has these dreams yeah. and these hopes, and they get very quickly dashed. Everyone comes back down to reality. <laughs> um, probably most, most notable is, uh, is Manchester United. What the heck's going on there? Yeah, it's uh, it's rare that they find themselves 20th in the table, but uh, I think they are 20th with a bullet after what happened on uh, Saturday, seeing them lose 4-0 in what was not a very competitive effort against Brentford was pretty surprising. Um, overall, though, uh, you know, we've had some um, some outstanding play through two weeks, which is which is uh, surprising, frankly. Usually this time of year, uh, they're just sort of kind of getting a feel for what you have to you know, you know, teams kind of trying to gel. Um, but then you see a match like Tottenham Chelsea where it felt like the stakes were high and the quality of play was really, really great. Uh, ended in a 2-2 draw. So, you know, no no one really taking home um, anything to, uh, you know, put on the bulletin board, I guess. But do you think either of those two teams can push um, Liverpool or Man City get into the top two in the Premier League this season? Well, it's interesting. I think that teams are starting off fast because of the World Cup, right? This is a unprecedented year. The season starts... And then you got about 14 weeks and it shuts down for six weeks, right? And so I think there's going to be a lot of teams who are going to feel the post-World Cup hangover. Um, so they're, I think they're trying to get out of the gates quick, trying to get the points on the board, realizing they don't, they're not going to have this, this winter period to try to accumulate all these points. So 
you're seeing teams come out of the blocks really fast. What I liked about the Tottenham-Chelsea 2-2 draw yesterday was Tottenham have kind of been on the outside. You know, they're, they're the ones trying to get into the top four, even if they finished top four last year. They're the ones trying to solidify themselves um, as being back in the big time. And for the last few coaches, managers, they've sat back. They've sat back and they've played on the counterattack and they've been a bit passive and they've, they've been somewhat successful. But for the most part, um, it's just kind of been good enough for sixth place, fifth place. Yesterday in the first half, they sat back, they went down a goal, um, but then they came out second half, went toe-to-toe with Chelsea. And they can do that with this team, with the way that Conte wants to play, with the recruitment that they have, with the strength and depth. They've had a lot of power. And I think it was a warning sign to everybody else that, all right, this isn't the same old Tottenham. Tottenham can come out. They can play. They can play on the front foot. They can play on the counterattack. Uh, so for me, it was good to see. And I think it was probably, you know, a wake-up call for those players, too, to say, like, let's get out of this old habit of just sitting back and absorbing pressure. Let's really take the game to the team. All right, we'll get some more World Cup analysis in a minute. I want to ask you about Liverpool versus Crystal Palace because, Tim, one thing about me, every time they bring guests on, I just want to know where the plus money is, my friend. <laughs> Does Crystal Palace have a chance? They're at plus 1,200. There's a draw of plus 525. Liverpool's obviously minus 451, not really bettable, but we could also talk about the over-under goals market as a goalkeeper. I know that you, uh, you're you probably an under type of guy, so uh, let me know what you're thinking here on that, on that market. I'm an under kind of guy as a goalkeeper, but the, the realist in me says that uh, it'll be a pretty easy, comfortable Liverpool win, even though they, they didn't look amazing uh, in their first game against Fulham. That, you know, Jurgen Klopp, Jurgen Klopp is, is the type of manager. He doesn't – that's not going to happen two weeks in a row, I can assure you that. So I think that Crystal Palace is going to be – uh, on the wrong end of this thing. Uh, and to answer your question from before, do I think Tottenham or Chelsea can jump into that top two? No, I think that I think that Liverpool and Man City have shown their numbers, their points total over the last two seasons is so far ahead uh, that the rest of the pack can only try and claw back some of that. I think it's going to take a year or two at least to even enter that conversation because the points gap has been so big. Mm, okay, so maybe we're looking at like a Liverpool wins to nil type of uh, situation here. And I, I was, I'm glad you kind of got there with Liverpool because it, it was somewhat tempting after seeing them not not struggle, but like it was a lackluster effort yeah, in that yeah. two-two tie. And you know, you're kind of thinking in your head, man, maybe they are taking a step back this year. You know, but uh, no, realistically. Um, you know, they, I, I, I believe Egypt did not qualify for the world cup. So Salah gets a nice little break in the middle of his schedule. Liverpool may, uh, may ultimately have uh, something to say yet about who wins the champ the premier league this season. Um, but let's talk a little bit about world cup and you brought this up and I, I think this is one of the more fun, uh, handicapping angles that really hasn't been like truly digested. I, at least I haven't heard anyone really kind of say like this, there's, there is a betting angle here because of the, the break. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm curious, like, you know, putting yourself having experienced this, like in, in the, the player's position, like it is pretty important, I feel like, to go to the World Cup and and show up on the biggest stage if you intend to like ultimately cash in as a professional. And, you know, so how do you balance like the responsibilities of like, hey, I'm competing for my world, my, my I'm competing for my uh, home club. Uh, and on top of that, trying to make my mark internationally to, you know, to score that next contract. Like, how do you how do you balance all that while also competing in the Premier League uh, as a professional this year? Well, I don't think you balance it. The problem is you have to go full tilt on both on both angles. And 
uh, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, I listen to some managers and even my own manager over the years, there's a World Cup hangover for these players. Yes, physically, but mentally, it's the greatest, it's the greatest ever moment. Every single player that has pulled on a shirt for their country in the World Cup will say, outside of having my children, and sometimes equal to, it's the greatest single moment of my life. And it's emotionally draining. And normally that happens in the summer. You go away on holiday. You take your family away for a month. You put your feet up. You come back to preseason. And even then, after about four to eight weeks, there's still a hangover. There's still a hangover going into September. This year, you finish the World Cup, and you've got about 10 days to get right back in it. And so I think there's going to be a hangover for uh, a lot of those players. From a betting standpoint, I think the teams naturally who are going to do better are the bigger teams with more money with bigger squads, right? So they'll be able to rotate more. They'll be able to have more substitutions. They'll be able to play players who maybe didn't go to the World Cup but are still incredibly talented because they spent a ton of money in the summer to make their squads healthier and stronger. So the teams that will suffer are, are going to be the smaller teams with smaller budgets, um, but that's that's natural. Are there any teams in particular that you think with the deeper PL benefits with the, having the roster, like which ones are the, the mm-hmm. team that you want to know? Well, I, look, I, I think the 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 one the two for me are, are Liverpool and Manchester City. We talk about them all the okay. time. But to your point, Mo Salah. Mo Salah is a golden boot winner. He's not going to the World Cup. He's going to be fresh as a daisy coming out of the break, right? Okay. Manchester okay. City could essentially field two different teams in the Premier League and still probably finish in the top four, right? So they're going to be able to <laughs> rotate their squad and rest players. And so it's – you know, that, and, and, and listen, we know the title is going to be decided by very few points, right? So coming out of the World Cup, starting on Boxing Day, December 26th, you know, which which one of these teams is going to drop points? Which one of them is going to go on a run? That's where, for me, the real money is. Ooh, I love it. Um, do you have any thoughts on uh, Team USA? Uh, we're coming up here. We're in Group B. We're plus 110 to qualify to the knockout stage. So you can get plus money just to, to get us out of group uh, six plus 600 to win group B. Um, of course, England is sort of the the monster in our group, uh, but know, we match up okay with them. I think uh, they're known to be a little bit uh, on the, uh, on the choky end of uh, world cup international play in general. Um, you know, I guess what, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, team USA as we head into uh, what should be a, a pretty awesome opportunity? Uh, I, th- I think they get out of the group. I do. I, it's a tough group. Now, what I would say is you can get out of the group on four points um, in certain years, you know, which means a, a loss, a win, and a draw. Uh, England being the first game is good because I think goal differential will play it will play a part. It often does in, in group stages. You know, so if they can have a good performance against England, I don't think they'll beat England. I don't think anyone's really picking them to beat England. But if they have a good performance against England, keep the scoring down, keep it a tight game and then go on and, and win one or two of their other games, I think England will batter some of those teams in, in the group, right? And so when it comes down to that final day, you, me, and everybody else is going to be looking in the 80th minute, 90th minute, where it's going to be about goal difference within within that group. And so uh, do I think they'll qualify? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. But I also think in that group, England, you know, England's one of my favorites to go on and win the World Cup. I don't think the field is incredibly strong. I don't like Brazil's. Uh, team chemistry. They haven't really been clicking. And, you know, but, but England, this, this is England's golden generation, you know, uh, by, by their yeah. own admission, England's golden generation failed. But this generation of players are together. They've got a brilliant manager in Gareth Southgate, and they've shown that they can compete. And, they, you know, they've been in the semifinals and finals uh, of World Cups and European Championships. They're prime. This is, this now, they're no longer kids. They're, they're ready for it. So, 
big World Cup then. All right. So would you take England to take the World Cup then over France, Brazil, like you said, Argentina, Spain, Germany, like all these teams? Uh, yeah, look, I, I think Germany, Germany and uh, Argentina, you know, will be strong. I think France, of course, will be strong. But this England team's got, got something. They really do. How do you feel about a team like Belgium who has sort of the kind of golden generation as well at the very, very, this is you know, last chance to really yeah. do something with all that talent. Similarly, Messi, like Messi's probably his last uh, opportunity to win a world cup. Uh, do you think these guys have anything left in the tank that could uh, yes. kind of get there? It's the end, you know, Belgium. God, I love those guys. I love the manager. So many of the players <laughs> I play yeah. with them, friends with, but they're, you know, they didn't live up to the hype. You know, they, they've, they've stumbled at every, at every hurdle. This is, as you said, this is the last exit for, for um, the, their golden generation. I don't know if they get it done. I don't think so. Oh, man. Uh, well, I, I guess we'll say see. It, would, it, it, it would. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not – I'm not going to say, you know, those, none of those guys should be disappointed. They've done some amazing things. Yes. They have had incredible careers. But uh, it is, it is going to be a, a, an especially tough path. I've heard some people make some pretty impassioned cases that um, Argentina is a little bit – uh, underpriced right now that they're actually a little bit more dangerous than the market realizes. They have a little bit of a tough group, but assuming they win group, uh, they, their path then kind of breaks a little bit easy. So I think Argentina is worth circling, but uh, yeah, interesting they, shout. Yeah. They're worth circling because also this is the group that hadn't won, and then they finally got over the hump and won the Copa America, right? So they understand yeah. now that winning feeling as a group. They all won individually throughout their careers, but they understand that winning feeling as a group. And so I think that is – that is important to know and, and their path there, as you said, is slightly easier. Oh, that's interesting. So there is something there in terms of getting over the hump as a group that Definitely. carries over. Definitely. Absolutely. I think oh, so. Wow. You know, it, it's, it's, it's muscle memory, right? It's, it's the same. Our mind works the same. It's that winning feeling thinking we, if you can't do it and you never do it, you don't think you can, but when you finally get it, it's that monkey off your back and you think you can go again. I love it. True, true stuff. Great analysis, Tim. Appreciate having you today, man. Appreciate you coming on the show. And if you're not following Tim already, make sure you go get him on Twitter at Tim Howard GK, as in goalkeeper. Make sure you watch his analysis to the Premier League this season on NBC, Peacock, and USA. Tim, thank you so much, man. Enjoy the week. Well, Drew, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, that was pretty cool, Drew. Not gonna awesome. lie, one of, one awesome, of my favorite awesome. guests for sure. Yes, so, without question. So uh, let's shift some gears. Let's talk Power 5 Conferences, Heisman Trophy winners with Tim Murray. Switch Tim's here. But first, this weekend will be better with MLB Sunday leadoff because you won't get any blowouts. The coverage presented by Uber Eats. No Juan Soto, but we're getting the White Sox taking on the Guardians in Cleveland this Sunday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, NBC and Peacock. Make sure you check out peacocktv.com slash MLB. Chance to win 25K right there with the Grand Slam Pick'em Contest on your screen. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app. Powered by points bet. I'll probably be rocking with the White Sox, but uh, I'm going to die on that hill, it looks like, this season <laughs> as they just continue to lose. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds? Fast and easy live betting? Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sportsbook partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. 
Additional terms and conditions apply must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, and Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms and conditions for more details. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Let's bring in Tim Murray. Let's talk Big Ten, Big 12, and ACC uh, and some Heisman talk. Tim, I was on your show last week, man. It was awesome. You finally got me sitting down in one spot. Uh, I'm going to be in Connecticut for a while, so anytime you need me, I'm here. But uh, let's talk about the Big Ten first because, you know, everybody is talking about Ohio State. You know, if we, if we created a pyramid here, Ohio State would be at the top forever and we just trickled down the Big Ten. Who are those teams in the middle of the pack? that can potentially knock off Ohio State this season? Uh, nobody. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, I, guys, you know, I, I know how you guys think. We all think the same, right? All right, let's, you know, when these teams are put up on this, uh, you know, high standard, we, we try to pick at them. I, I love this Ohio State team, and, and I won't waste too much time on it. You know, it's we did a segment on our show the other day about, you know, how do you bet Ohio State and Alabama this year? Because their futures, everything's been sucked out. Uh, their win totals are you know astronomically high. Uh, you know, what do you ultimately do? So, you know, a couple months ago, uh, which is you know, which is always great. Nothing better than uh, than a guy coming on a gambling guy. Right. And talk about bets that he made that don't exist anymore. But I'll just use it as a <laughs> reference point, because I do think. You know, we, we could talk about it, but I laid a dollar seventy-five on the over ten and a half with with Ohio State. There's still some rogue ten and a halfs out there. The juice is crazy. Uh, but guys, I, I don't I don't look at this Ohio State team. Uh, I don't find many losses on that schedule, right? They're they on the road at Penn State. 
they get Michigan at home. They get Notre Dame at home. They get yeah. Michigan State at home. So I just don't look at many losses there for them. We can get, you know, a little. I think there's ways to look at them, um, you know, differently. I, I do think, you know, laying laying the number anything under 17 week one against Notre Dame probably is the way to go. And, and as you guys can see, I am a Notre Dame fan, so I keep it. Uh, I keep it realistic, um, but. <laughs> You know, that all being said, I think the West is fascinating to me, guys. That's where I think you can get really interesting. Who's going to come out of the Big Ten West? Wisconsin's the favorite. But I think there are some ways to go, uh, you know, looking at the West. And I – uh, deep breath on this one. I think Nebraska has some intrigue. Um, yeah. They were 3-9 and nine last year. They lost, I think – this is the craziest stat, I think, and Drew, you're a big numbers guy, right? This is the craziest stat I think I've ever come across, and we talked about it, I'm sure, last year. They went 1-8 and eight in the Big Ten. They had a positive point differential. Think about that. How is that even humanly possible to have a positive point differential and go 1-8? and eight? But that's what they were last year. They lost tons of close games. They should have beat Michigan. They didn't. They found ways to lose games. They bring in Mark Whipple from Pittsburgh to run the offense. Uh, so I think Nebraska is the most intriguing team for me out of the West. You know, depending on you know what shop you're looking at, you could find like 350, four to one or so. So Nebraska, I, I haven't played it yet, guys, but Nebraska intrigues me coming out of that West. I love it, I and you know it. Yeah, they, there's an X factor. They don't play Ohio State. Exactly. <laughs> A lot of other yeah. teams in the West do. They're, Nebraska avoids the uh, avoids yeah. the guaranteed L. Yeah, so. that, that their schedule is very manageable. Uh, you know, even in the non-con, you look at a home game against Oklahoma. There'll be a slight dog there. Um, you know, not that it matters. You know, for for futures when it comes to the Big Ten West. Um, but yeah, the crossovers were manageable for them. I think they get Michigan, but they don't get Penn State. They don't get Michigan State. They don't get um, obviously Ohio State. So I think that that works in their favor uh, a lot. They get Casey Thompson to come in, the transfer from Nebraska, uh, excuse me, from uh, from Texas to come in to, to be their quarterback, Adrian Martinez, still playing college football, believe it or not. Uh, he's at Kansas <laughs> State now. I don't know. I, I think Nebraska is the most intriguing team for me. It's funny. I mean, the market has responded to them, guys. That's the interesting yeah. part is that people are betting over Nebraska despite the fact they went three and nine. I was hoping we could get some, you know, buy low opportunity, but people love the corn this year. Yeah, yeah they get to 12 point favorites week one against Northwestern. Yeah, I can't in Ireland. Yeah, and it, amazing. you're trusting Scott Frost to prepare his team for a trip to Ireland in week one. That's how <laughs> that's how <laughs> much Nebraska's hyped up this year. But not isn't, all isn't my it losses. funny though, guys? Like no. Scott Frost, I mean, I I can't recall a more applauded head coach hiring than oh, yeah. Scott Frost going to Nebraska, right? He's a Nebraska guy. He went to UCF. He he had the success that he did. He left kind of on uh, positive terms there. Everyone was like, yep, you got to go back to your home, your alma mater, all that. He could have went to Florida, decided to go to Nebraska, and he stunk. It, it's so funny <laughs> how, you know, head coaches sometimes are like closers in baseball. It's like we love him for a minute, and then we hate him. So Scott Frost yeah. is kind of in that downward uh, trajectory. So I don't, maybe he's not as bad as we think. Can he get back to a little bit of that UCF form? Yeah, I, th I think this was a good breakdown. And and I think just to put a, a you know, a, a, put it in pen 
Ohio State's going to be probably your yep. number one seed so as you good. get into the college football playoffs. Um, I really don't see who's beating them on the schedule. Their schedule is cake this year. CJ Stroud, you probably need a Heisman ticket on him, frankly. Um, well, I don't know. If and I know we're going to talk it, Heisman, but, guys. Sorry to interrupt. But, you know, yeah. I, I think, you know, Alabama plays Texas week two, right? And Drew, mm-hmm. you and I ran into each other talking about offensive rookie of the year, just you know, off off the air in, in Vegas the other night. And it's such a volatile market, right? The the ebbs and flows. Like George Pickens went from like 30 to one to 14 to one because he caught a touchdown <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, week one, Notre Dame and Ohio State play each other. Biggest game of the weekend, right? And Ohio mm-hmm. State, we all think will will light them up, right? They've, yeah. you know, they've got questions in the secondary, all that. So those numbers are all going to be gone. So it might be the buy now point on Ohio State players might be now, while the buy point on Alabama players, I think, will be after week one, after Ohio State puts on the show against Ohio- uh, Notre Dame, because then you got the Texas-Alabama game coming up in week two. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's a great pivot to the Big 12, where Texas is expected to do well. But I'll be honest, man. Defense. It's, it's, I, I, if it fooled me once. Shame on you, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Never, never again with Texas. I, I mean, when they actually finally do accomplish something, I guess I'll have to change my opinion. But uh, for me, this looks like one of the more overrated teams as we head into the season. And if I, I where I'm struggling, though, is um, if not them, who? Because Oklahoma certainly doesn't scare, you know, spook me at all. There's got to be someone who's a little bit down the board who has a chance to steal the Big 12 and you know maybe even make their way into a college football playoff discussion. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I don't think any team from the Big 12 is making the college football playoff, Drew, because <laughs> okay. I think they're going to eat each other. I think this is yeah. going to be a very – as the market is showing right now, you know, no odds on favorite. You know, Two to one is the shortest price you're finding – on the favorite that's Oklahoma it's almost default like okay Oklahoma I guess like a shrug of the shoulders like yeah I guess they're the favorite um but I'm with you on Texas you know you know prove it to me you know I who doesn't love Bijan Robinson dude's a a, a superstar that all being said um you know I everyone's kind of like oh Quinn Ewers okay I mean he's a five-star recruit who went to Ohio State learned under Ryan Day is he going to be good I don't know just nobody knows so it's kind of every preview I read or listen to guys it's well if Quinn Ewers dot 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 and and that's the (laughs) unknown so you know at a plus 280 price or so uh it just doesn't really intrigue me for Texas and uh really unfortunate news for them uh the the a uh, guy they got from uh, Wyoming and the transfer porter, Nayer, who's a speedster, uh, towards ACL reportedly over the weekend. So he's done for the season. Apparently they lost a, a, an offensive lineman for the season. So the injuries aren't really working in their favor. So, yeah, I think the Big 12 is more of a kind of shot-in-the-dark type of conference. And what you're hoping for is to have that ticket going into a Big 12 championship game. So let's – Think about, okay, who can we have that can make it into the Big 12 championship? Remember, no divisions. Top two teams go to the Big 12 championship game. So I think, you know, my partner, uh, Sean King, uh, former uh, NFL QB, loves Kansas State. I'm not as hot on Kansas State. I love, you know, Kleiman. He's a great uh, ATS head coach. Um, I think TCU, I've heard some buzz about TCU. Some people are interested there um, with, you know, with, with the, you know, with Sonny Dykes coming in. For me, if I had to take a shot in the dark, you know, Oklahoma State intrigues me. Mike Gundy tends to, you know, um, you know, 
get the best out of his team. But you got to remember, you know, team we just talked about, Ohio State. They took their off uh, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. Their their uh, you know calling card last year was defense, and they don't have that you know that that stability anymore. Jim Knowles leaving for Ohio State. So the Big Twelve is going to eat each other up. Uh, I do think you know I played Oklahoma over nine just because I didn't see four losses on their schedule. They get Kansas State at home. They get Texas obviously in the neutral site. So I uh, you know Oklahoma State's at home. So that was the way I rolled, but. You know, as as you guys show that graphic there, you know, I, I think taking a flyer on you know a TCU, Kansas State, or Oklahoma State, you know, whatever you know fits your fancy would be the way I would roll, hoping that you can get into that Big Twelve championship game and then a hedge opportunity you know arises on the other side. Definitely felt the same way. I was looking at Baylor and Oklahoma State as my two teams. I was really impressed with Baylor transitioning a linebacker to quarterback. <laughs> and how, how much it worked out uh, for them last season. But both teams don't return that much on defense, and that was kind of the bread and butter because in the Big 12, now kind of the Big 8, nobody plays defense. Uh, and Baylor and Oklahoma State did play defense. So um, I like those caps a lot. Before we move on to the ACC, uh, you buying into West Virginia with their new quarterback and JT Daniels, or uh, would you rather bet on an over two and a half of the Kansas Jayhawks? Uh, I... I... <laughs> Um, I'm not buying West Virginia and I am a, uh, a Lance Leipold disciple. I I love that guy. And uh, I think Kansas, when you look at their non-con, they play Duke, they have an FCS opponent there, so they should win two games and it comes down to, can they find a way to sneak out, you know, sneak one, uh, big 12 win. So yeah, I would, uh, as crazy as it sounds, if, if forced to play it, I would lean over two and a half for Kansas because I, you know, look, they beat Texas last year uh, in in overtime. Um, they could find a way. Lance Leipold's such a good coach. They've they've gone heavy into the portal. They bring back a ton. Uh, so yeah, if uh, if you're asking me, hold your nose and hope for uh, <laughs> a lot of people I'll like say this, Duke is awful. I mean, Duke is Duke is <laughs> yes. like late '90s bad this year. I, I like the hiring of Mike Elko, but they got a lot to figure out yeah. there. Uh, there in Durham. So if you get the FCS win, which is never a guarantee with the Jayhawks, you get the Duke win. <laughs> just need one. Just need one win in the Big 12. I think that makes sense to me. But at the same time, there's better things you can do. With there, are better, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there are better. Yes, there are better things to lock your money up and spending six months hoping yeah, that they can w- find a uh, Big Twelve victory. You know, over West Virginia at you know 11 a.m. Central in uh, in November or something. Like <laughs> yes, that. exactly, exactly. You definitely do, and you definitely don't want to be sweating that at the end of the season, hoping that they somehow pull it together. Um, but uh, you brought up Duke, and they are the clear bottom team in the ACC, and. Um, we've talked a little bit of ACC already so far in our show, but uh, I'm still trying to figure this conference out. Um, I've heard uh, pretty impassioned uh, cases for Miami potentially mm-hmm. being better than people think. I've heard uh, reasons to be doubtful of Clemson, frankly. And uh, I don't have the answers to this uh, conference at all. North Carolina State uh, guy has a little bit of buzz for um, Heisman at the quarterback position there. He's been getting bet. Uh, Wake Forest just loses their you know, quarterback recently. There's So there's a lot of moving parts in the ACC. How do you uh, stand back and look at this conference? And, and do, you, do you see uh, an, a clear betting opportunity here? Yeah, I know NC State drew. Uh, man, they've got. I mean, I they have been one of the most hyped teams uh, this entire offseason. And yeah. you know, I'm looking at 
you know, one book right now, they're around 750 to win the conference. Um, I mean, the biggest issue for NC State, right, is they have to go to Clemson and beat them uh, because if they lose that game, now you're fighting that uphill battle of I got to get out of this division uh, with a loss to Clemson. So I, I'm I'm kind of with you guys. I don't, Look, I don't love Clemson, but and, and, I, you know, you think back to last year, they went 10 and three and, and everyone kind of just feels like they they had this horrendous, awful year. Well, look, you could look at it two ways, right? They barely beat Boston College at home. It was like 14 to eight, right? I think Boston College like fumbled going into the end zone. But you could also flip it and say, well, they lost two games. They lost to NC State on the road in overtime. They lost to the eventual national champions thanks to a pick six in Georgia week one. And then they lost to Pitt, who won the conference and had a Heisman finalist in Kenny Pickett on the road as well. They didn't lose a home game. So I don't love the price for for Clemson. Um, you know, you in order to kind of find that hedge opportunity, it's you got to find the team that comes out of the other division, in my opinion, because I just think it all comes down to the NC State Clemson game September 24th. And I, I just don't believe or, or I think it's October 1st. Excuse me. Um, I, I just don't totally believe in this, you know, NC State team. I get it. Tons of, um, you know, production coming back. Win total might be a way to look for NC State. I'll say this, though. I mean, knowing myself, I'm probably going to take East Carolina week one as a home dog against NC State because I'm crazy. And uh, they bring back everybody and that's going to be a juiced up environment for a noon kickoff uh, there in uh, in early September. So I'll probably take the points and then hate myself, you know, around 130 Eastern when it's 35 nothing NC State. But um, yeah, I I look at this conference. I've made (laughs) I've made one play in this conference and that's under three and a half wins for Georgia Tech. I think they are a disaster uh, this year, guys. You look at their schedule. Uh, it is a murderer's row. They start Monday night, Labor Day weekend against Clemson. They have other non-cons. Georgia, obviously, their their rival. Uh, they play Ole Miss. They play UCF. So I don't know where four wins are coming from this Georgia Tech team. New offensive coordinator and Chip Long comes from Tulane. Tons of changeover there. Uh, they went to the portal very heavily. They lost their best player, Jameer Gibbs. He goes to Alabama. So this is a team that was you know really bad last year. Tons of tran- uh, tons of turnover. So my favorite play in that conference is under three and a half wins for Georgia Tech. As for the futures, yeah, like you said, I know there's Miami. Um, you know, Miami has to go to Clemson late season. So look, if I'm gonna make a play, uh, I, I I probably would look at like the Pittsburghs of the world. Even though betting on Narduzzi mm. makes me kind of want to vomit in my mouth. He <laughs> never he just tends to have those Narduzzi type plays like kicking a field goal from the one yard line against Penn state a couple of years ago that we'll never forget, or, you know, single covering Will Fuller uh, and letting him go for three touchdowns. Cause he's just, you know, stuck in his ways. So um, I, I do think ultimately Clemson wins this conference, but I'll say this. I, I don't think it's the price that it's at guys. I can't trust in that quarterback play. The wide receiver play really worries me. They have one. They might have the best defensive line in the country. Uh, so that's why, for me, it's hard to to move past Clemson because I just don't know if NC State's ready to walk into Clemson in early October in what maybe the most important game in school history and get that win. Yeah, I think great great summary. The ACC overall, and I think I'm Tim. I'm gonna be with you. ECU. Week zero, week one, whatever it is, 
NC State's lost three Greenville, straight baby. openers. Three straight openers. And the Pirates is dogs last year against Cincinnati, South Carolina, App State. Those are the three games they lost as dogs. Those are great opponents. So, uh, yeah, I'll be taking the points too, man. You're not on that island by yourself. Don't worry about it. But uh, let's talk player pass, man. Let's do some Heisman Trophy markets because uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. You mentioned C.J. Stroud. Uh, Drew kind of saying, you know, that's the obvious pick. So mm -hmm. playing or passing on the three quarterbacks, everybody has a ticket on. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams. Uh, so to so what I I would pass on uh, Bryce Young, and here's yeah. the reason. Um, okay. We've only had one back to back winner in the history of of the Heisman Trophy. It's not fair, but Bryce Young is set up on a pedestal, and what we're gonna do week after week is try to knock him off that. Right? We're gonna chip away. We're gonna chip away. It's not fair to him. Uh, also, I think what hurts him is Will Anderson is a superstar on the defense. Uh, mm -hmm. He has Jameer Gibbs, who I think is an intriguing uh, player in his backfield. Um, so I, I just feel like people are going to knock uh, Bryce Young this year because he's got arguably Alabama's best team ever, which is crazy to say, around him. <laughs> yeah. uh, Caleb Williams, look, I'm a D.C. guy. He's from the D.C. area, so uh, – there's a there's a part of me that, that loves him. He also plays for USC, which also you know I don't love about that part. Um, but I think the USC love is a little too high, guys. I, you know, yeah. I think you know in the trenches there's still a lot of questions. You know, if they're playing seven on seven, maybe USC wins the national title. But we know that's not the case. So I'll pass on Caleb Williams. I think it's a little too much love. So if forced to play, I'll take CJ Stroud. I I, I rode with CJ Stroud. He was around thirty to one. Uh, you know, in late September last year, he became odds on when he threw six touchdowns in the first half against Michigan State. And then ultimately, of course, they lost to Michigan and Bryce Young hoists that trophy. So if so needed to select out of that trio, I would go CJ Stroud, even though he is obviously the favorite of the three. I would do that because my goodness, guys, in my opinion, that's the best offense in the country maybe by leaps and bounds. They are so dynamic, so many weapons all around. Uh, he's going to light it up. Uh, the worry you would have to have with C.J. Stroud, guys, is this. Is he going to play a lot of second halves? Remember, you know, Tua a couple of years ago? They were beating teams sure. so badly that ultimately he was missing second halves and it hurt his Heisman candidacy. Yeah, and and or uh, do you have a Devontae Smith situation where his wide receiver yep. shows up to the level of, well, actually, maybe that guy's the best guy in college football. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not crazy. Um, yeah, C.J. Stroud is, an, is a little bit of a wild card, but I agree that of those, that's the, really the only guy you can look at. Um, do you have, uh, and also, by the way, great uh, great call at uh, Caleb Williams, Gonzaga College High School. Yeah, baby. Uh, come <laughs> right out of Purple DC. Eagle. Yeah. Um, Anyone in that next tier, in that to sort of twenty-five to one to thirty to one range, do you think has any uh, any hope or, or prayer? You brought up uh, Quinn Ewers. If he gets it done for Texas, are people going to try to make a Heisman case for him? So I've kind of come to the point, guys, and and look, there are outliers, right? Lamar Jackson, uh, Johnny Manziel. Uh, even when Johnny Manziel won the title, I think they were top ten or Heisman. He won the top ten. 10. I did this whole you know uh, look back at Heisman Trophy winners and where their team finished in the final rankings and there's very few i think tim tebow when he won it i think that florida team was like eight and four 
like I mentioned, Lamar Jackson was just so transcendent. But really, nowadays, you have to be a top five border or even playoff team in order to win. So I, I just, I'm not super high on Texas this year. So that would, you know, lead me to get rid of Quinn Ewers. So I think where you could get a little more uh, longer shot is it's let's look at the better players on Alabama. Let's look at the better players on Clemson or excuse me on uh, Ohio state. So I took a ticket on Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I got it at 60 to one. Um, and, and drew, you mentioned like Devonte Smith. That's like the reason I bought this ticket. I wouldn't yeah. have bought it if Devonte Smith didn't win the Heisman trophy two years ago. And maybe that's poor, you know, mindset on my part, but I think twofold, two things are working out in my favor for this ticket. I think a, you're playing week one against Notre Dame. So that clearly is going to be a situation where it's high profile. Does he have a huge game? I think he will. Uh, and then B, they're going to be undefeated, and, and we we think. And is that a spot where, you know, uh, he's the best player? Is he the best player on the best team in the country? So I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is interesting. Uh, Dravion Henderson there in their backfield is a stud. I just, are they going to run yeah. enough? I, I don't know. Uh, and then let's look at uh, Alabama. Will Anderson, guys, his his steam has been out of this world, right? He's like down to 20 to 1 or something like that, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Preseason, a defensive player. We haven't seen a defense and Heisman Trophy winner since Charles Woodson. Now, I know Aiden Hutchinson finished second last year. Manti Teo finished second in 2012. But it, it's very hard. So what about a guy like Jameer Gibbs? You know, uh, is he going to have enough? Uh, big plays there in that backfield. Alabama has shown the um, the you know tendency to run the ball quite a bit. You look at you know Brian Anderson last year in the semifinal. They said we see an edge, we're going to run it down your throat. So I think Jameer Gibbs uh, is is as a long shot maybe the way to go in my opinion for Alabama. But yeah, when you're looking at you know uh, you mentioned Devin Leary, is Devin Leary going to have is he going to beat Clemson? If you think he, if you think NC State is going to beat Clemson, then maybe you take a shot on a guy like Devin Leary at NC State in that hundred to one range. Uh, I don't think Texas, you know. And then going back to Quinn Ewers, guys, is Quinn Ewers if Texas goes eleven and one and loses to Alabama but wins the Big Twelve, is Quinn Ewers the best team, best player on that team, or is it B. John Robinson? So that's I think that's what you have to go to. To me, Quinn Ewers at twenty-five to one, not nearly enough uh, value in my opinion, because I think there's a clear better player on that roster in the backfield <laughs> with him. Uh, I love I love all that breakdown. I only thing I can add is that uh, I it was unbelievable to see Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson call it a season for Ohio State. They go to the Rose Bowl and play Utah, and Jackson Smith and Javid. 15 catches for 350 yards and three Ridiculous. touchdowns. Like I, I, if, if you get even close to one of those games in a high profile, uh, you know, contest against a, you know, Michigan or a Notre Dame this year, yeah. like, you know, he's going to be tough to uh, uh, keep out of the conversation, no matter how well CJ Stroud does, because you know, Stroud's numbers were ridiculous in that game too. He had 580 yards yeah. passing and six touchdowns, but all everyone can remember is the, uh, the performance that Jackson gave us. So uh, there's, there's something there in my opinion. Well, Brian Hartline has done recruiting at Ohio State with those wide receivers is just absolutely unbelievable. 
And oh, oh by the way, uh, you heard of Marvin Harrison? Yeah, his son, uh, I think, yeah. checked in at what number one or two on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Yeah, he's on that team, yeah. and uh, I think he had eleven catches in the Rose Bowl. No one talks about it, but yeah, they, they <laughs> yeah. just it's 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 an embarrassment of riches that they have offensively. Going back to where we all started, I don't see anybody beating them in that conference because they mm-hmm. know. First off, you open against Notre Dame, you close against Michigan, and you don't think that Michigan loss is stinging their brains all off season. So that's why I just, you know, over ten and a half, I laid the juice. You know, sometimes you sometimes you gotta, you know, take that glass of orange juice in the morning, and I, I ate that juice <laughs> up uh, on Ohio. State. <laughs> I love it. The Ohio State. Uh, well, can I ask State? you a key question then? If you're an Ohio State guy, I asked Todd Furman this last week, and he gave us a pretty quick answer. Ohio State uh, versus Bama in the national title game. What kind of line are we seeing there? Um, I think it's Bama minus two and a half. Yeah, that was what Todd gave us. Yeah. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the, I'll, I'll give you one quick little <laughs> anecdote, and I don't know if it's changed. So we had Chris Andrews, uh, very well-respected odds maker in Las Vegas uh, from the South Point. And he, I don't know if it's changed or tweaked, but a couple months ago, guys, he actually had Ohio State slightly ahead of Bama in his mm. power ratings. Mm. I think you're going to have to make them still the favorite. They'll, they'll be the favorite. Favor. You're going to have to. They'll be the yeah. favorite. I think, yeah. you know, if, if they played week one, I think you would look at a line. If it opened pick, it would have been steamed to Bama. Um, yeah. I mean, those two teams, I mean, and Georgia's really good guys, but I mean, as you look at the futures market, it's it's just ridiculous to see a less than two to one favorite in August. But yeah. we yeah. know college football, and there's just no, there's really no value in the long shot. You know, maybe you can hedge super hard if the team makes the playoff, but we have to make the playoff markets now. So yeah. I, I just there's to me, guys, there's just nothing. You know, I, I know we we're in the content world. We love to talk about long shots. Hey, what about NC State? What about, you know, last year was Cincinnati. The the playoff era has made it so challenging for these teams to win two straight games. You know, maybe they can sneak up and win one, but it's just it's 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 I don't want to say impossible, but it's really hard uh for these teams to sneak up and and win those two. You got to hope that there's a buy low opportunity. Look, a couple of years ago, I took Alabama 5 to 1 the year they won the title, the COVID season. And that was, you know, value because in the futures <laughs> market, you know, five to one, uh, because you're just never getting numbers like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, great points all around. Yeah, make sure you're betting Alabama and Ohio State to make it. Then you hedge out when the time comes. That's what it sounds like to me. But, Tim, we definitely appreciate you joining the show today. Make sure you follow Tim on Twitter at one Tim Murray and check him out on the nightcap weekdays on VSIN, V-S-I-N. Tim, thank you, brother. Fellas, always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Great oh, football segment. season, man. Almost here. I can't yeah. wait. Great but, show. As always, Drew, tennis, edge of the day. It's almost a guarantee. <laughs> so uh, tennis moves from Toronto and Montreal to Cincinnati. Both uh, men's and women's tours uh, head to Cincinnati for what is the uh, the, the premier 
uh, fall or you know early early fall late summer uh, Masters tournament here in Cincinnati. Uh, this is the last kind of real warm up event before the U.S. Open kicks off in a couple weeks. And honestly, the players coming into this tour- tournament are in really really strong form. The tour is in great shape. Everybody seems to be playing pretty well, and there's been some really high quality tennis. Uh, the night match today is exactly in that uh, cut from that mold. We have former U.S. Open winner Sloan Stevens as a dog against Alizé Cornet of France. Cornet, of course, well-known for her upset of Iga Swiatek uh, at Wimbledon. She was, uh, it was kind of like a career-defining uh, moment for her in that slam this summer. But Cornet, for my money, does not rate especially well on hard court. And these are relatively quick conditions. Sloane Stevens, in general, should be able to take advantage of these conditions. And I think it, you know, Sloane Stevens, for whatever it's worth, plays better on American soil because she's more comfortable here for whatever reason. Um, and I think, realistically, this should be a pick a market and you're catching Sloan right now at plus 133. Uh, so I think that is worth taking a ticket on and putting it in your pocket. Also very high on uh, Jill Teichman today. She's a, a, a one a, you know, bonus pick for me. Vaughn's going to give you some Ooh, bonus picks. So I wanted to get into the bonus pick action too. Um, but both Sloan Stevens and, uh, and Jill Teichman, I think are live dogs today. And uh, I would make both either pick them or small favorite. Parlay, ole, 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 ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's go. Uh, I'm super excited about that one. I already excited about the plus 133, but last week I know you gave out a couple winners. I know the one got delayed to like the next day, I'm pretty sure. Then, <laughs> he won anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to keep Canada was good. It was good. It was a really, really good week for me last week in tennis. I, I have to run the numbers, but I think that was my best week of tennis of the year. And uh, cool. um, so good, good. It's a good time to be hot as we are kind of closing in on the U.S. Open, which is the end of my tennis betting season. I call it a call it a season after the U.S. Open and focus on football. So good, good to be uh, in good form coming down the, the home stretch here. Well, congrats on that. I've been just cooling. I've been chilling, preparing for NFL and college football season literally the past four weeks. And uh, it's been amazing. And one of the bets that I love, Drew, we're going to go with another win total. And then we're going to have a bonus play on that team. UCF Knights over eight and a half wins. Man, this team, talk about a schedule. But first, let's talk about the returners. Nine guys back on offense, eight on defense. This is a team that was nine and four a year ago. They beat Florida in the bowl game. Nine of their top 12 tacklers are back on defense. They have one of the best secondaries in the entire country. They get their two top leading rushers back, leading receiver. And at home, they've won 30 of their last 32 games at home. So let's look at that little home schedule, all right? Their two losses at home came in 2020, by the way. But this year, they get South Carolina State, Louisville, Georgia Tech, SMU, and Temple. Georgia Tech, SMU, and Temple are back-to-back-to-back weeks. All right, that's fantastic. And then the last two home games are going to be against Cincy and Navy. Now, of course, Cincy does not have Desmond Ritter, so it is a little more wide open, the AAC this year, in my opinion. Houston, they do not have them. Houston is the favorite to win this conference. They do not need each other. So guess what? We talked a little bit about hedging out those conferences. Like, a, like when you're looking at Clemson, you can't bet Clemson, but who can you bet the other side to hedge out later? Well, UCF is the other side to betting Houston, who's the favorite in this conference. All right, so – I'm phenomenally in love with this. If you look at those five road games on the screen, four of those are at least to be wins. And when you look at power rankings and power ratings, which is something I've looked at a lot, I pay for a couple people's Drew, almost everybody's has a 10-plus win team, all right? Wow, wow, And wow. you look at these trends, you look at the schedule, I don't see a reason why UCF won't win at least nine games this year. So I did drink that juice, that orange juice we were talking about earlier in the show. 
minus 150 odds for the minus one eight of eight and a half wins but give me that plus 360 to win the aac too i love the knights this year oh that's fun yeah and they start out with five of six at home so you get yeah. a nice little like a kind of a nice i like it when a team has a a, a, a nice on you know off ramp uh yeah. to start the season you know you don't have to uh, you don't have to go and get some high leverage wins right away. You can wait until later in the season. So that's nice. Yeah, and they'll have plenty of time to scout their opponents while they all beat up each other in conference play while they see them in November. So I like UCF this year. I think we can, uh, we can bet them a lot this season. But hopefully you guys enjoyed the show, the show of the Tims. I'm, that was Drew. I'm Vaughn. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed their caps too because I thought we had a lot of, lot of great futures bets and uh, stuff for Premier League as well. So... Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com. All the information you guys need after you're listening to us or watching us here live on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. Good luck with all your guys' plays. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll see you guys Friday. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.